What's up, guys, and welcome to the Beyond the Stats podcast. Um, this is a podcast about football, everything going on in the footballing world, and we are going to try and analyze games. So, it's the Euros right now for the first ever episode. Um, yesterday's games were Ukraine, North Macedonia, which I didn't watch, so we won't be talking about that. Belgium versus Denmark and Netherlands versus Austria. So we'll be, we'll be talking about the two games that I watched yesterday and we are going to preview today's games which is Sweden versus Slovakia and then the two Group D games so Croatia Czech Republic and then England versus Scotland. So let's get started here with the second game of last night Belgium versus Denmark. A really fascinating tactical battle, I think. Um, I thought Denmark played better the entire game. And um, it's really interesting because the the first game Denmark played, they played a 4-2-3-1 with um, Eriksen playing playing as a kind of centre-attacking mid, playing as a 10. And um, obviously because of his heart problems, he couldn't play. Um, so... They reverted to a five back, so they played. Um, who did they play? They played uh, Festergaard and Christensen at centre back alongside the captain, um, and they played ahead of Schmeichel, Daniel Vass, and the Atlanta right wing back who played left wing back. I don't know how to pronounce his name, so. He played left wing back and um, it's really interesting because Delaney and Hoiberg who are two, you know, we know them as defensive midfielders. They pushed really high and pretty wide as well. And what I noticed in the first half is that Delaney was playing almost like a 10 at times, which is very interesting because we don't associate Delaney with being a 10, maybe an 8 you know, uh, kind of box-to-box or a ball winner even. So that was really interesting seeing Delaney and Hoiberg pushing really high. Obviously, the second-minute goal came from uh, very good anticipation and awareness from Hoiberg, pressing high, getting the ball back, uh, passing it to Yusuf Poulsen and him scoring there. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting in the midfield and... I feel that this uh, this tactic of, of pushing high and wide was particularly impressive in the first half because Belgium played with two deep-lying midfielders. So Dendonka is more of a, a centre-back, a defensive mid type of player. So he, he's a ball winner. Obviously, he'll, he'll stay back. And they play with Tielemans, who at club level is a kind of box-to-box player, but last night he was playing basically as a deep line midfielder kind of spraying balls um to Lukaku and to Carrasco and to Mertens and um it, it was really interesting because they were kind of really passive um Tielemans and Dendonka in in their play and it, it was quite obvious that Hoiberg and and Delaney was was putting a lot of pressure on them to to kind of push them and 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 they had to revert to long passes 
the tempo of the Belgian team really just didn't get going. And um, strike force as well, I thought was really impressive. Uh, Braithwaite and Paulson, really two really great players. They were very good at um, running behind the the Belgian defense, and obviously Fertongen and and Alderweireld they aren't the quickest, so they're pretty slow. And um, I thought Braithwaite and Paulson did a fantastic job running in behind and basically just causing a lot of problems for the Belgian defense in 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 the first half. And Damsgaard I thought was really impressive as well. Um, the Sampdoria winger. He was great, uh, very energetic, quite pacey, quite technical player, uh, caused the right-hand side of the Belgian defence some trouble yesterday. And um, Belgium, they really don't look like a, a very good team at all yesterday uh, in, in the first half. Now, obviously, second half, uh, De Bruyne came in, Hazard came in, and then that changed everything, mainly De Bruyne. But... Um, it was it was really fascinating to see in the first half that Denmark really pushed and it was quite obvious that you know if if there wasn't any changes made then Denmark would win the game maybe 2-0 maybe 1-0 but it was you know they they were winning the game and um the kind of Belgian there was a very obvious and very important kind of space in between the Belgian deep-lying midfielders and the attackers. So there was not really a, a player there to link the midfield and the attack because, you know, Carrasco played quite wide. Mertens, I think, was the one that was most close to being, or the closest to being a kind of linking player, but he was, you know, a right inside forward, a right hand side the player and um Hazard was was the wing back Forgan Hazard was the wing back alongside uh Mounier and obviously they were wing back so they wouldn't link. Now Tielemans was uh he had to deploy because, you know uh Delaney and 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 Hoiberg was pressing so he, he couldn't be that link as well and um they needed someone to penetrate the defense. They needed someone that could attract attention, so that uh, Tielemans or whoever can get 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 into some space, basically. Because in the first half, the the attacking patterns were basically the centre backs, Alderweireld or Vertonghen or Denier or even Courtois, they would uh, smash the ball upfield and just hoping that Lukaku would would get on one of the balls and and get it into into the wingers into the wing backs so it was really repetitive and it was really obvious that it wasn't working for Belgium and they needed something so in the second half they brought on Hazard they brought on Kevin De Bruyne and Kevin De Bruyne changed everything and that's because they had someone that could make that killer pass, that could link the midfield to the attackers, and and Delaney and Hoiberg really, if they had to stay back instead of you know pushing forward because De Bruyne was that kind of player, he had that type of threat. So 
the lady in the hoiberg couldn't press anymore and in in the kind of three four three versus three four three the two deep lying play uh midfielders that was a problem for belgium suddenly became a problem for denmark because they had to stay back and there was really no link between between midfield and attack for for denmark so Often you would see Damsgaard trying to dribble his way through or Braithway trying to create something out of nothing and those runs wasn't happening because because there was no playmaker, there was no Delaney playing at a number ten, there was no Hoiberg pressing up and get getting the ball and passing it for them to, to get in behind. So it's really interesting. And um, the goals are absolutely fantastic um i think lukaku was really underrated for the Bruins goal so he got the ball on the right flank and kind of dribbled through two or two or three players who i, I haven't watched a lot of Serie A since since lukaku left united but he always had that ability to uh, penetrate the defense to dribble through like one or two people and cross it in into the the penalty box and and that ability i felt has always been underrated and and it it was on show today and obviously de bruyne man of the match performance absolutely amazing and um yeah so i think i think denmark they will probably win against russia because they they are a fantastic team i think um i think they will finish I think they will finish with Finland and Russia on three points. Um, will they qualify? I'm not really sure. I think if they have a good enough performance against Russia, they'll probably win 2-0, maybe 2-1, maybe 3-1. And I think they do have a chance of qualifying. But um, it's it's going to be interesting but um, Belgium obviously qualified. Um, it, it it would be interesting to see De Bruyne's condition because if he can play a full game uh, in in the knockout stages, which he probably will be able to, then that would be fantastic. I think Belgium is one of those teams that can just score a lot of goals, and and that's good because yeah, their defense is a bit slow, but think it. Every team at the Euros this year has some some type of problem. So, so I think Belgium they have a chance of 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 winning the Euros. To be honest, uh, De Bruyne Hazard looked okay. I thought uh, I thought Vogel Hazard was pretty decent. To be honest, throughout the entire game, um, I think that they have to. I think Roberto Martinez has to rethink how he sets up team sets up the team. So, I would probably not play Carrasco. I would probably play Mertens on the left, or or Hazard if he's fit. And probably De Bruyne on the right because he could kind of drift in field and then be that kind of playmaker, and let Mounier overlap. So, I think um, Belgium do have a fantastic chance to win. Uh, this game against Denmark, this game against Denmark was was really tough, but they got through it. So I think that it's going to be interesting to see who who Belgium gets in the round of sixteen. Um, I think it's going to be. Uh, I'm not really sure, but um, 
yeah, so this is um, the Belgium-Denmark game, and we're going to talk about the Netherlands-Austria game now. And um, I wasn't really paying, you know, full attention, but um, Austria looked really bad. Like, they looked exceptionally bad for a team with basically basically a whole lot of Bundesliga players. Um Last game against North Macedonia, I thought that Alaba was really, really good once he was able to drift to the left and uh, make those kind of killer passes, killer crosses. Um, because at the start of the game, he played as a sweeper, and that was he—he he was good as a sweeper, but he wasn't able to help his team attack. And I think that he would be a, a kind of good asset to attack so his best position is left wing back he could play as a left center back um to kind of get up the field basically be a Kieran Tierney in in the Arsenal and Scotland system so in Scotland they've got um Robertson at left wing back and he'll he'll do Robertson things and um, they have Tierney at left centre back, so he'll drift in field. He will overlap if if Robertson goes goes inside, and he provides attacking threat for the t- for the Scotland team. And um, I think that that is the position that Alaba needs to play in. But again, this game he played as a sweeper, uh, made a few mistakes in in the first half, was okay but couldn't provide any attacking threat, which I think he should be providing. So, um, really interesting. I think that if they want to win their final game, which is against, uh, against Ukraine. Yeah, against Ukraine. I think they have to make Alaba a, a more, more attacking player than, than a sweeper in their system. And, um, if not, I can hardly see Austria winning a game. I think Ukraine, as it stands, I I think Ukraine will win, probably one nil, probably two one. I think it will be an interesting game. I think Yarmolenko versus uh the left hand of Austria's defense is very interesting. I think that Ukraine is a really underrated team. Um. They were last night against against North Macedonia I I watched the highlights I watched part of the full game I thought they were pretty decent um shout out to North Macedonia by the way fantastic fantastic two games they've played um the energy the pressing really impressive you know on on the biggest stage of of the national team history I think really impressive by North Macedonia they will probably go out but still impressive but um yeah so um let's talk about the Netherlands um I thought that their subs particularly Marlon really changed the game so he was very pacey he was very energetic he provided a lot of a lot of spark for the team and yeah, he obviously got that got that assist after being passed in behind by Memphis Depay, and um, I thought Memphis Depay was pretty decent. Uh, he missed a few chances, but um, his his finishing has to improve. But 
his link-up play, his play has been fantastic. I think that Dumfries, obviously a very fantastic player, but I think De Jong is is incredibly important. I think he's he is the most important player for this Netherlands team. He has a certain elegance to his to his game, and he anchors the midfield fantastically. I think that the Netherlands are one of the teams that can go far and the reason is that I think they have a certain kind of unity in their play that we don't see from for example Belgium. I think that they have a really good defence so for example this game they played Blind, Delict and Defry. They had Ake on the bench. Those four defenders I think are pretty good. I think the Three starting defenders are fantastic. The leg, obviously, the fry is really good. Blind is good. Um, Van Aanholt and Dumfries, two really decent wing backs for 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 the Euros, and they've proven it so far. The rune is the rune is really good, and I watched a game against I forgot who it's who it was against, but it was in the Champions League. Um, it was in the Champions League, and he played. He played really well that game, and I was impressed ever since. And um, Darun was is really good as a ball winner. He anchors, he screens ahead of the midfield, which is good. Um, Wijnaldum, obviously fantastic, plays a more more like a ten um, instead of the role he plays for Liverpool, which is like an eight. Uh, De Jong is fantastic. The pie really good. Link up play is fantastic. He misses a few chances, which is he misses a few pretty pretty good chances, but his link up play is still good. I think Marlin is fantastic, really pacey, and um, I just think this team is very well rounded. Has a lot of depth. So, for example, Promes. Uh, I think Promes hasn't played at all. I think Bergui is fantastic, and he hasn't played. This year, or he hasn't played in the Euros. Therefore, Klaas on the bench. Veltman, who I was really impressed by at um, at Brighton, playing right wing back, really fantastic player. So I think that the Netherlands have a really really impressive squad, and um, yeah, so I think that Netherlands will, will easily win the group, and they will be uh, a force to be reckoned with. So they're in Group Group C, which means that. They will play uh, third from either Group D or Group E, which means they'll probably play like uh, it's either going to be probably, uh, I don't know, maybe Czech Republic, maybe Croatia, maybe Scotland, maybe Slovakia, maybe Poland, I don't know. But um, I think they'll easily win that and then when they progress through, they will probably face... uh, Maybe a Russia, maybe Wales, and I think they will progress through that as well. And then that's that's the semis. So going go to the semis, they're probably facing uh, Spain or England, I think. So that's going to be a very good game, I think. The Netherlands, I think they will be a force to be reckoned with. I think they'll at least get fourth. So, yeah. 
Austria has to improve. They have a bunch of good players. I'm really impressed by uh, Leima, Leima, and Leina. So the the two uh, kind of right hand side of the players, I was really impressed by in lot in the Bundesliga and pretty good also in the in the Euros. But um, yeah, they have to improve if if they want to, to qualify for the round of sixteen. So yeah, um, that's the two games revealed yesterday, and um, we are going to get into some predictions and previews for tonight's game. So Sweden Slovakia. I think that um, Slovakia will score. I think that it will probably come. I think it will probably score. Probably come from a Mac or a Hamshik. I think. Um, I think Sweden. It's either going to be a Sweden win or it's going to be a draw. I uh, I don't really see. Slovakia winning this because obviously Slovakia won uh, against Poland, but Poland were down to ten men. They were Poland was absolutely awful, so I think that Sweden's gonna win. It's probably gonna be two one, or it's gonna be a one one draw. So I think that um, Danielson and Lindelof for Sweden very impressive at the back. Um, I've watched a lot of United games and I haven't seen Lindelof like this and it's probably because Sweden play a very low block they have a 4-4-2 shape so it's two blocks of four it's I'm not going to say easier but it's it's certainly not harder than United's high line to for a defender to defend so I think Lindelof suits this kind of Sweden system more Danielson was fantastic last game. He deflected a bunch of stuff uh, in in the 0-0 draw of Spain. They've got very decent creative players. Forsberg, um, Alexander Isaac was fantastic last uh, last game. They've got Sebastian Larsson who can bang in free kicks. I think that they'll be. I think they'll easily qualify as the second place team, which means that they will. They, I think, they will win against Slovakia and they'll probably win against Poland as well. Um. So, yeah. So that's uh Sweden, Slovakia, Croatia, Czech Republic. I think it's going to probably be a draw. I think probably 1-1 or maybe if we have a really interesting game a really open game then maybe 2-2 but I'm I'm seeing this as a draw because um Czech Republic really surprised me against Scotland I thought they were pretty good um Patrick Sheck obviously fantastic player but they've got some kind of good players around him as well uh Kral and Sushek in the double pivot very good uh, Kufau, we we know of him from West Ham. He's he's fantastic as well. Will bomb up and down the pitch, very energetic. I think their entire team is very uh very energetic, very decent. Croatia disappointed kind of against against England, but they ha- they only conceded one goal, and and that was a fantastic play by uh, Kevin Phillips. So Modric and and Brozovic and. Kovacic obviously has has their qualities. They've got some really really good attacking players in Persic, in Rebic, a very good playmaker in Flasic. So I think that they they will they will probably score and they will probably score this game as well. So I think it's going to be a draw. I really don't see 
either team winning this or if Croatia improves massively then probably they will edge it but um, I'm seeing this as a draw England versus Scotland I think um, last game Kieran Tierney didn't play if Kieran Tierney plays I think that is interesting I think Steve Clark has to put McGinn at the number 10 spot I think Forrest has to start uh, at right wing back I think Che Adams has to start up top I see Scotland giving England a very tough game. Um, I think England will probably win maybe 2-1 or maybe 1-0. I think Scotland will will give England a very tough game because they actually have a good squad. So if I go to uh, Photomob, which is is an app um, uh, with football results and, and stuff, and if I look at their predicted lineup, They've got David Marshall in goal. Um, Jack Hendry at the back alongside Grant Hanley and Kieran Tierney on the left. Robertson is left wing back. Forrest, who played really, really good um, at right wing back. Uh, McTominay, Armstrong and McGinn will play in midfield. And um, Lyndon Dykes and Che Adams plays up top. So that's a really decent team and I think if Steve Clark sets them up right then they will give England some massive problems um, for England I think Grealish has to start um, I watched a TIFO football video um, a, a few days ago I think saying why Sterling has to uh, or Sterling started ahead of Grealish against Croatia and why I do agree I think that Grealish is too good of a player and he he is too good of a player not to start. I think this team has to have a space for Grealish. So going back to the Fortmod predicted lineup, um Grealish plays on the left and Sterling plays on the right. So I think that is pretty I think that is right. I think Phil Foden would probably be better if he came off the bench. Um, I think Mason Mount has to play. I think Phillips and Rice has to play. Um, not sure if Maguire starts, but I think Shaw is the right choice. Um, I think that Kane will start, but I am not sure because his play style does not really suit this England team, and that's a problem. So I think that um, England. I think England will still win. But it's not going to be an easy game for England. And I think it's going to be close. I think, as I said, 1-0 or 2-1. So, um, I do think that um, England will be will go far. I think they'll probably reach the semis if, if they win against... I think it's going to be France or Portugal. I think they will face one of them. In the round of 16 I think. And that is really interesting. Um, They'll be playing uh, second from Group F. So it's Portugal or France or Germany I think. I think they do have a chance of winning against all three. I think France will be the toughest matchup for them. Um, And I think that England... If they win this game, if they win the round of 16, then they will probably go on at least into the final. So, 
yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how Southgate sets up, how they try to set up against the remaining opponents. I think they will go through in first. And, um, yeah, it's just this Euros has been really interesting. And, um, yeah, so this is going to be the end of today's podcast. Um, amateur podcast creator. So, sorry for whatever I, I said or, or whatever. <laughs> so... Yeah, so thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.